0: You're listening. You're listening to to mommy. To, to mommy bomb. Bomb. You're listening to to mommy bomb. How's it going, to the Podcast, it's great. Uh, yeah, it's great. at the end of the last episode, you asked me a question. You want to ask it again?
1: I did. Uh, I uh, first of all, I want to ask everybody, all those people out there listening, if they have a minute to take uh, just a quick minute and go uh, rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. That would be most appreciated. But uh, the question that I posed to you at the end of episode two was, um, if you can choose what time and place you'll be born in history, um, when would you choose to be born and where would you choose to be born? Knowing that you don't have any control over um, anything biological, your gender, your race, uh, your whether you're cis or trans uh, gay or straight any of those things short or tall um, when would you choose and where would you choose to be born yeah well
0: can i just state that we both recognize the irony of you
1: asking me a hypothetical question it is that's slightly ironic although this one isn't just for hypothetical sake it's because i think there's value in the question and in the answer
0: well i think we should at some point have a discussion on hypotheticals in general but not today thank you for that yeah uh so after giving it a lot of thought and and uh, talking to other people about it and and not just you uh but being mocked for a number of bad answers i gave i'm ready to be mocked for my next bad answer So are you sitting down? I am. Okay, good. I think I'm going to go with Canada, you know, anytime after
1: 1990. Okay. Yeah. Hard to argue with
0: that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, I gave a number of other answers and I had some reasons for the other answers. Um, and they, you know, they were mocked, uh, mercilessly, I should say, mercilessly mocked by a number of people. Uh, But here, here I did get some, I did think through some things because of that mockery, right? Sure. Um, One, it's crazy to think of the United States or or Canada, and part of the reason I chose Canada, um, or I maybe could have leaned towards the United States, is the size of the country, right? So you're going... You're, you're pitting Norway or Mongolia or Japan against th- this huge, huge nation where culturally, you know, a lot of places are um, not as diverse as the United States. But you, if being born in, say, Alabama, rural Alabama in 19... 19- 85 or 1995 or 2015 would be very different from being born in New York city in 1985 or 1995 or
1: 2015. You know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. Maybe. So, uh, well, I'm just saying
0: like culture, the the cultural diversity within the United States is a lot greater than the cultural diversity Ah. within other places. Yes. And so, and so I, that. And the same with Canada. So, I kind of wanted a, a place that was big with a lot of options. So, if if I'm a a minority um, and I'm born in one place, I'd at least have the opportunity to move to another place. Also, Canada is really high on a lot of those lists, the Freedom Index lists, mm-hmm. much much higher than. So, that was I. Th- Maybe, you know, I, I had a little bit of an issue with the question in that uh, originally the question was worded where the West was Canada, United States, Europe,
1: like all the same yeah. thing. Yeah, which... well, I didn't mean to, that was not a deliberate um, change on my part. Those nations are all considered part of uh, what we've historically called, you know, Western civilization.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: I, yeah. I, I hear you. And the difference but, between Canada and the United States is rather minuscule than the difference between Canada and Pakistan or Canada and Brazil, even Canada and Mexico. Yeah,
0: sure. Certainly. It, it's uh that that office episode where Michael went up to exotic Canada. It's, yes. It's a great episode. Yeah. So I, I hear that too. And uh, so you're picking... Um, What's your pick?
1: I actually hadn't thought that I would answer it. Uh, so I don't have a prepared answer. Um, I'm awfully... I'm persuaded that the United States is um, a pretty good choice. Um, more religious liberty than you'll find in many Western... or Sorry, yeah, in many Western European countries. Um more in terms of constitutional protections same thing for free speech i like the fact that we have written constitutional protections but um and, and i like the fact that um we have less of a permanent underclass than say both germany and france have um but you know britain sounds awfully nice the scandinavian countries um if i knew i was going to be born eth- ethnically japanese i might choose japan but uh man if you're not ethnically japanese talk about um a, a rigid caste system that you're sort of just frozen out of of things but yeah canada i got no beef with that so what about what about this though um
0: Norway the the Scandinavian countries the, the diversity in those countries is significantly significantly less than the diversity that we have here in the United States or in Canada and it's growing their their immigrant populations recently have been growing but is the diversity that they have there like people um, people in their and their legislators uh, legislatures aren't as diverse as in the United States, is that because they lack opportunity or is that because there are just so fewer
1: diverse people there? You know what I'm saying? I feel like, uh, yeah, go ahead. That's an interesting argument because if you want to make it, then you, and if you want to be fair, you're going to use it in the United States and it's going to be used as a reason, for African-Americans to struggle into perpetuity in terms of uh, political and economic power. So um, that's something I would be uncomfortable with. Uh, I think my sense, I haven't studied Scandinavian countries, but my (laughs) sense is that um, they they are really trying to get a handle on how do you integrate different people, ethnically and religiously different people. It that's relatively new for them, and that's something the United States has wrestled with from the beginning.
0: Yeah. Well, when you say when you say that the United States, they would they would be dealing with this in perpetuity. I think was what you said. I did. Uh, uh, I feel like I can't say that word, perpetuity. But if I'm not, I don't. I don't know if we're saying the same thing, though. Right? Like, if the if the legislature should mirror the population or could mirror the population, it's different. Like, if if everybody has the same opportunity, it's different than being actively discriminated against. You know, if there's just if you don't have certain ethnicities of people living in your country, it's not because they're they're not being represented, not because they're being discriminated against, but just because they're not there. Well, duh. I
1: don't, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm making sense or not, but...
1: That particular bit didn't make sense to me. I mean, it made sense because it's...
0: I'm just saying, in in countries that are, there might be more than it might not be that the country is like this discriminatory country. That might not be the reason that their uh, legislatures are monolithic.
1: Well, I think that comes then that has to be considered in the United States as well if you're going to make that argument.
0: Right, but the United States has.
1: It's larger me, isn't it because you guys on the left want to hate the United States
0: no I love uh, the United States uh-huh. I hate, I hate that I hate that if I put a flag out in front of my house then I'm viewed as a person who puts a flag out in front of their house when I love my country you know I guess like I like uh, yeah yeah I don't understand what you're saying I think you don't understand what I'm saying but it's not the same in the United States because the United States has all this diversity.
1: Right. But African-Americans are never projected within the, the, you know, near future, the next several decades to be more than 12 to 13% of the population. And I think many of us would say, well, okay, fine. But that doesn't mean that there should only be 10% or the 12% of African Americans represented on every TV show and, uh, in every, uh, you know, area of political or economic power, I don't think we we would be satisfied with that necessarily. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the TV show. Well, of course. I'm talking <laughs> in gener- general terms here. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the best show that has done... Uh, the show that is on the best in terms of racial, um, you know, mirroring um, a population or even going beyond that it has got to be The Wire, of course, um, in terms of African-Americans. Not so yeah. many Latinos on The Wire, but I don't know that it, when it was set, there were many Latinos in Baltimore. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh-huh. I haven't seen
0: it, and I know I've, I've been told, and I've been told and told to see it, and I'm. It's on my list. It's on my short list. All right. All right. Speak, speaking of short lists, yes, uh, that
1: was actually a pretty good segue. <laughs>
0: thanks. <laughs> what do you think? Who's Biden picking? Who do you Who do you want
1: him to pick? Um, I like. Uh, I like Whitmer. I mean. It's a little tough, for, you know, obviously we're talking about people who I don't tend to agree with on policy, um, but uh, I think Whitmer could be a good choice. I like what I hear about Karen Bass. I'm still learning about her, but I like a lot of what I hear. Uh, Tammy Duckworth, I think, sends a good message of being pro-military, and I'd like to see um, more veterans in our government. Um, I'm intrigued as well. But I don't know a ton about her, about uh, New Mexico Governor Michelle Grisham, um, who is our first Latina governor. Um, And she seems to have a pretty solid political background. She was in Congress for a while, so she's not a complete neophyte, although she hasn't been governor for very long. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. What about you? Who would be your top? Man, uh, my top choice is uh,
0: Michelle Obama is number one. And uh, I'm pretty sure she's going to accept the nomination. I think that's – if we're placing bets, so if we're, actu- if we're actually –
1: Why do think that's even funny? Like, I don't even get what the value of saying that is.
0: It's not funny. It's just a pipe dream. I think it's worth – I don't think
1: you actually really want- – you-, you want us to continue a political dynasty? You don't think there's anyone – as qualified in the nation, except for one one oh, person. no, one... I think
0: there are plenty of people that are qualified. You know, I, we were talking about Karen Bass the other day. And so I listened to a couple of podcasts where she was on. Cause I, you know, before you mentioned her the other day, I, I hadn't even heard her name being brought up. And yeah, I think, I think she's great. Um, Tammy Duckworth, I think is great. Gretchen Whitmer, like you said, I think is great. Um, but I don't know. I think uh, for a lot of people, not just me. Um, Michelle Obama has endeared herself to us. And part of the reason I like her so much is because she doesn't want the job. Um, and I think that's, I, I want, I want a president. I want a reluctant president and I want to, I want reluctant leaders, people who are qualified, um, who don't necessarily want the job.
1: When was the last time we had a reluctant president? I know, right? Washington? I was yeah, i the top of my head, uh I I mean, we have a couple who seem sort of reluctant to yeah, that maybe they were happy to leave office. Like maybe Coolidge was. Yeah. Um certainly we know FDR was not eager to leave office, <laughs> right? Tyrant that he was. <laughs> uh Yeah, I don't know. I just don't, and and maybe it's just summer heat and whatever that makes me more impatient than otherwise. Because she's because she's not a Michelle Obama makes sense. Wait, you don't get what? I just don't even know why someone would say it. Like I just, yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't like hypotheticals. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, no, she's not. Well, this whole thing is one big hypothetical, though, and obviously you don't want her mentioned because she's not a real a real choice. You might as well mention some fictional cartoon character has as much chance of getting the nomination as her because she said she's not gonna right. she, she said she doesn't want it. So why right. why bother including that? But yeah, uh I I'll say I also like Elizabeth Warren. Um I don't I don't want Kamala Harris. Um, I I don't want Susan Rice. Um,
1: what don't you like about
0: Harris? Harris for me is her prosecutorial baggage. Um, uh, so
1: from the left,
0: yeah. yeah. I I feel like Biden was already the left. The left feels a little bit not not robbed, um, and I th- I think they're going to really coalesce <laughs> around Biden, but they feel a little bit like. Their person didn't get picked, right? Or, right, because cause, cause he didn't get picked. He was South
1: Carolina didn't want him or her, right? I think I'm putting yeah, Biden. It in is more. A, a nice little just side note coming back to the idea of political power. Um, it was black voters who made sure that Sanders didn't get the nomination this mm-hmm. time around, it was black voters who made sure that he didn't get it four years ago. Um, So, yeah, I gotta, I gotta off my cap to them,
0: yeah. Hey, and you can vote for whoever you want. Um, but I don't, I don't like Harris for that reason. She makes me uneasy for that reason. Um, Are your
1: objections to Rice the same from the left?
0: No, my objections to Rice are, um, well, maybe they are. I don't know how you'll take it, but, um, I see her as having some of the same political baggage maybe that Hillary Clinton had. And after that tarmac meeting with President Clinton, I think she'll just get eaten up. But...
1: That wasn't Susan Rice. Wasn't it? No. Who that was, was uh, that was Loretta Lynch. Oh, you're right. L- 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 you're right. I oh, maybe I'll like her. And about Benghazi, that was Susan Rice though, right? Yeah. I, I don't want to... That would be my objections to her. Um, I like the fact that she's not some lefty like Warren, um, you know, she's actually been sort of hawkish throughout her career, maybe to a fault, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of some of the people she was willing to sort of defend. But, um, to me, that would be bringing back one of the most tiresome and boring and, uh, you know. Uh, controversial aspects of the Obama administration. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you know, I think Biden it would be better served um, with with someone who doesn't bring that baggage. So I'm with you on that. So, but it's a
0: right thing, but the left was against Hillary Clinton for some of those reasons,
1: but the right was also against
0: Hillary Clinton for some of those reasons. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if it matters. So, yeah. So that's that. That's my objection to her. But obviously, maybe it's not obvious. But I, I can't imagine this influencing my decision too much either way.
1: You think Duckworth and Whitmer are, uh, and even Bass are are motivated enough to sort of fight for your leftist positions the way Warren would. Um,
0: I don't give the vice president that much power and i think warren can do as much in the senate fighting for my leftist positions as she could as vice president maybe i don't know i i don't know i i don't i don't think that whitmer or or bass
1: like i don't think it's going to matter that much you don't have any concerns about the vice president actually becoming the president? No, I I don't think in hypotheticals like that. Zoom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I I don't think they would be worse than Joe Biden. Or do you think Whit- okay, Whitmer is yeah. less progressive than Joe Biden?
1: Or Car- No, that's a fair point. So, yeah. I but, yeah. but I don't know for me. The presidency is less about um, pol- where someone is on the political spectrum and more about can they handle the office, which is why I supported and continue to support President Obama. Um, although he's had a, a sort of a rough week, but, mm-hmm. um, but he, his his bearings were thoughtful and not as progressive as his politics. And that was fine for me. When you say he's
0: had kind of a rough week, do you mean oh, well, the eulogy or? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that's uh, maybe going to be the, the nadir of, uh, uh, you know, the low point of his post presidency, um, that, that was ugly. And calling for uh, for the removal of the legislative filibuster would be something Democrats regret, just the way they regret getting rid of the judicial filibuster.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was it John Green said in one of those Crash Course videos? Whatever happens, we have got the Maxim gun and they have not. That little ditty until, until everybody has the machine gun and then you're not it's no fun anymore. Right? Like, when other people can do what you do, it's not as fun. Okay. So, I'm not sure. Are you, I'm is a, that an argument for, for or against the later filibuster? It's an argument for your point. That, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I must be particularly obtuse today. No, I think... Uh, yeah I think you just always think that I want to go after your point, no matter what, which maybe maybe I do. hey, I don't know, maybe it's too late. Maybe we've moved past this uh the the doctors yeah, the video a few days ago, yeah, what do you think about Facebook taking it down? Good idea or bad idea bad idea, bad idea, oh good, we're like we're just so in sync today. <laughs> Yeah, because
1: it, it gave the the video of these these ill-credentialed doctors in, in terms of their resumes. Uh, you know this this group that they're with only has only existed for like two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we could have just mocked the bejesus out of them, but by removing it ad hoc from from Twitter and Facebook, um, it doesn't. And YouTube, it doesn't actually mean that nobody will see it because it's still available out there. Yeah. You just have to go to right wing sites to watch it. Yeah. And it gives it feeds the conspiracy theorist. Um, yeah. It gives them
0: it, it makes it gets them a little bit farther entrenched. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, exactly.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think they're wrong to take it down. On the other hand, like leaving it up doesn't seem great, especially when so many people are just spreading it like wildfire and sharing it and believing it. If it's more widely viewable, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like a great option either. But but I agree with you ultimately that taking it down is an even worse. It,
1: and it had already been viewed or or shared something like fourteen million times. Like that horse is out of the barn. Maybe. <laughs> If you can stop things, you know, when five people have seen it, may- maybe there's a case, although even then, I, I want, you know, yeah, I mentioned free speech early on in this episode and, and I would rather shine more light on cockroaches rather than uh, trying to keep the cockroaches hidden away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, here's, I don't mean to, to belabor your question because I did, I asked your question to a number of people and it was interesting hearing their responses. Um, but what do you think would happen if you asked the question in totalitarian communist China? How would they respond?
1: Well, the problem with asking it in any totalitarian nation is they, they don't have the freedom to answer honestly so we don't know um i do think that uh thus far the chi- the average chinese um middle class or or even still the peasant class which still exists um is appears to be at least less enamored with the idea of um Selecting their leaders, having transparent and accountable government. Um, Other than in Hong Kong, um, there doesn't seem to be much of a desire for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, maybe that will change, but um, not, not right now. So I anticipate that most would say their nation what about
0: non-authoritarian countries i'd be interested to ask this question like all over the world you know and just see mm. like oh, jamaica ranks really high in the freedom index and uh, um, you know what what would they choose that the poverty level there uh, is pretty bad yeah uh, and yeah. so we'd have we have more economic freedom here in the united states although i, I worry sometimes the Path that we're taking, uh, politis politicization wise, um, and the path we're taking with, like I, you know, we mentioned being canceled, having our having our glorious show canceled, right, uh, and and corporate powers that could censor people's rights. Like, there's no bill of rights for corporations, so Facebook can take down those videos with impunity because. You know, Facebook can do what it wants. It's a private. There's no Bill of Rights. Well,
1: yeah, you know you're exaggerating. It can't do what it wants, but it can take down people's videos. Right. Yes. Yes, that's what I mean. Sorry, I am pedantic about things like that.
0: Well, But what about like a Jamaica or a Brazil or, you know, a Mongolia? If you, if, yeah. if you ask them, are they, do they just not know enough about America? But I don't know a lot about Mongolia or Brazil right. or Jamaica. Right. I
1: think um, national pride is going to flavor the answer in many places. Um, but I think you can also look at um, immigration trends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh very few people immigrate out of the United States, especially into china yeah <laughs> uh let's see, to go back to your you know um whereas a a decent number of chinese not not a huge flood but mm-hmm. it's not it's not unusual for Chinese to immigrate to the United States if they can, and we may be getting more now with Hong Kong we probably should i i'm with Britain on that we should open our doors mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i i think obviously people are wedded to their cultural identity and often that's uh connected to to the place where they're born and live yeah like i chose canada but i'm not gonna move to canada
0: you know like i i love this country you know and i also think bo- both of us are pretty well traveled i mean I, I imagine more than like the average uh, person on Earth. Like you've been to to the Koreas or to to South Korea, right? Japan.
1: Uh, I stepped foot into North Korea. Did you? Yeah, okay. the same place where Donald Trump did.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um, so you've been Keep to the following uh, me. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, where else have you gone? You you've gone a number of places, right? You've been to uh... to Cuba.
1: Oh, that's right! I forgot Cuba.
0: Yeah, that was great. Yeah, Cuba,
1: Japan, and around the Mediterranean. Uh, yeah,
0: and and I've been to I've been to Canada to exotic Canada. We should apologize to the Canadian listeners for calling it exotic so much. Although I did choose their country. So, uh, I lived in Haiti for a long time, and and Croatia, and through Europe, Dominican Republic. So. I wonder if traveling like the people in authoritarian countries, they can't get out. So they don't have the option to see what life is like in other places, but you and I at least have been to other places and in some cases for significant amounts of time. Oh, I I went to China too. I forgot.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, and so we're, we've been to those places and we're still choosing, you know, U S Canada. So so does that influence it? Can we only open up the question to people who have traveled to other places or lived no. in other places?
1: I did say if I could know how I would be, you know, what my ethnicity would be, that Japan would rank really high on my list. Modern Maso- yeah. A- yeah. I love Japan, but they're pretty racist um, or, and xenophobic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so or I might be one. That was your like, experience there? No, that's a... That's a well documented, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at uh, how tough it is to immigrate into Japan. Mm-hmm. It's super tough, super is super it? tough, and that's by design
0: because mm-hmm. they want to um, they want to maintain their um, cultural heritage and purity.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: hmm. yeah. Well, did you say who your top pick was for? Um, uh, for vice president, your top top pick?
1: Uh, hmm. I didn't. If I had to pick one, I you know it's hard because of course there are pros and cons for each of them. I'm a I I'm a little nervous about Bass's lack of um being on a national spotlight that sort of vetting. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I do like what I hear about her. In, in a way, she reminds me a lot of Barack Obama without the oversized ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess I will just be relatively pleased if it's not Warren. She's probably... Warren is probably my least uh, favorite option. Um, I, I could make peace with Harris, I think. Um yeah. And Warren so, is your top pick,
0: right? <laughs> I, I think you've won me over to Bass, actually, to Karen Bass. Oh yeah,
1: more yeah. More than Warren.
0: More than more than Warren. I think, uh, I think Warren gets a lot done in the Senate, and I think that she's going to be a, a strong voice wherever she is. Um, but elevating an, another progressive voice that hasn't maybe received the same attention as Warren, because she didn't run for uh, the president. I don't think that would be a bad
1: thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, from your perspective, okay. Uh, now that you've sort of convinced me, though, if you if you think Warren's going to be so powerful in the Senate, maybe we should put her in the vice president. To tame her? Where can we shut Warren down, is, is my
0: oh, question. Man, she... She fights for the people. That's for sure.
1: Mm, she fights for her causes. Yeah, she's not a great respecter of of people or people groups, um, as yeah, she, evidenced she, by she, her use. You know her her willingness to try to manipulate uh, her her so called indigenous. Blood yeah, yeah. yeah. The fact that she doesn't call Hispanics or Latinos what they want to be called, what 98% of them want to be called. It's a pretty, pretty clear sign of a sort of Stalinist disrespect.
0: Is that, so calling them uh, Latinx, is that trend changing though? Or is it, is it steady? Uh,
1: this was a poll from last fall.
0: Mm-hmm. Is
1: I, I'm happy. Done by a Democratic pollster.
0: I'm I'm happy calling people what they want to be called, right? And right. so, if I have a Latino person who wants to be called Latinx, then I'll use the phrase Latinx. If they want to be called, if they prefer to be called Latino or Latina, then you know, same thing with Black or African American or or right. gendered pronouns. Yeah.
1: That seems to me to be just the most basic of common sense yeah. and respect for people groups, but And so yeah, that's a super red flag for me when people um now within the Latino community, if people want to argue for Latinx, fine. I mean my be my guest. Like of course Mm -hmm. they have that right and um but it just strikes me as as just terribly uh disrespectful to, to tell a group what they should be called. Yeah, I yeah, sure. I agree with that. Although,
0: you know, we're all still learning, like Warren's still learning. And uh, like, I, I appreciate that <laughs> you didn't just try to defend her on on, on Latinx. Yeah, I do, because I, I mean, I understand the reason that certain Latino groups want to move away from um, the the gendered phrases or the gendered terms. Yeah.
1: I don't actually. I don't know that certain Latino groups do. Remember, two of, percent of Latinos self-identify as as Latinx. So, yeah, I, I'm not even sure that, that's a whole group. The
0: two the two percenters,
1: right? Do they have a sort of organized group?
0: Uh, well, I'm just going by uh, like. The memories of a couple articles from Vox, and my memory is very faulty, as I'm sure you're aware.
1: And oh, yeah, whatever. And by the way, that 2% was in the US. I bet it drops precipitously in the rest of Latin America. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm certainly
0: not going to tell them or anybody else how they should be referred to. Uh, So that's fine right, but i I want to be cautious about just um, disregarding everything that Elizabeth Warren says because she's wrong on this issue.
1: right. This wouldn't be enough, but it's a tell it It communicates a a, a Stalinist rigidity to an ideology that pretends to be really? pro people but is actually anti freedom and anti capitalism and anti um self growth if
0: you say so <laughs>
1: well, i'm grumpy today so i get to
0: be a little you hey, know so are are we allowed to talk about your travel plans or should we just end it
1: uh just yeah, end, let's it. end it
0: yeah let's end it cuz then it's just chit chat yeah. And, you know, how I feel about podcasts that do that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. If you made it this yeah. far, hopefully. Yeah, that's maybe we'll end it at. Thanks for listening.
1: <laughs> and uh, we're super
0: grateful for everybody who
1: rates and reviews at uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah.
0: All, All right, Becker. Good one. See you. Have a safe trip.
1: All right. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So,
0: to Mommy Bomb is hosted by Andrew Cowles and Philip Havaker. The outro music is Cameron Bradley's song, Saturday, from his album, Waltz. Look him up on Spotify. Feel free to tweet us at To Mommy Bomb or look us up on Facebook. But most importantly, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us.